Hello and welcome to this episode 40 of the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name's Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack, and I'm recording this on Thursday the 13th of July 2017. This week's episode was recorded back in May when Davide Cazzaro stopped in at Somerset House to speak about Nang, his magazine dedicated to cinema in Asia. He's normally based over in Seoul in South Korea, but he was here in London to promote his latest issue and to check in with the printers and the warehouse and all the other people who actually make this physical magazine. And we ended up getting into a really geeky, but I think pretty fascinating conversation about the finer points of actually making an independent magazine. He speaks about his excitement at what he calls micro-publishing, so basically the rise of these small independent magazines that we work with, and he links that to the evolution of printing technologies and the shrinking of the world that we've seen with the internet. But he also talks about his frustrations at the difficulties that still exist, particularly around distribution, and this is something that I hear about a lot these days. So I imagine that if you're an independent publisher, there's a lot in here that you'll be able to relate to. Also, if you're an independent publisher, I hope you're planning to enter this year's Stack Awards. We open for entries on Monday, so that is Monday the 17th of July. And we're once again looking for the best, most exciting independent magazines that have been published in the last 12 months. It's really important to us that these awards are genuinely open to all, so it costs just £30 to enter. And we've got a fantastic group of judges waiting to see your magazines. So if you think that you've published something in the last 12 months that we should see, uh, then head over to stackmagazines.com forward slash awards. Uh, you can read all about what we're doing there and the different categories. And of course, you can complete your entries there too. Uh, Davide really embodies the sort of passion and innovation that we look for in the awards. So I hope that you will feel inspired by this conversation with Davide Katsaro, the publisher of Nang magazine. Uh, so I'm here with Davide Katsaro, the publisher and editor-in-chief of Nang magazine. Davide, welcome. Hello, hello Steve, uh, hello everyone and thank you for having me, thank you. So you're here in London now, but of course you're normally based over in Korea. Yeah. So what's going on? What, what brings you here? <laughs> uh, well, the, the issue too is ready and uh, um, Although I'm based in Korea, it's really a, um, uh, an international project in the sense that it's printed in Europe, in Sweden. And so um, uh, on the occasion of the publication of this issue too, I came over and to facilitate the launch and everything and, and uh, try to try to also uh, finesse some elements which often are not discussed, such as fulfillment, etc. So a variety of reasons brought me to Europe, for, for not for long, for a couple of weeks. So I was over um, at Newstand in yeah. uh, Whitstable the other day, so yes. they are our fulfillment people, yes. and they said, oh, Davide was here just the other day, so you've been able to see them. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was great fun uh, to, to go to Newstand. Uh, it's, uh, as I mentioned, it's something that it's uh, rarely discussed and uh, uh, sometimes also overlooked by many publishers. Uh, but not only it's a pleasure to see actual the, the actually the, the people infrastructure that kind of makes uh, uh, the magazines move around and also the, the lifting of heavy weights and everything that is kind of the, the underbelly of, of uh, lots of uh, publishing operations and of course magazine operations. And it was interesting to discuss uh, 
also other aspects uh, such as of course the the, the uh, way data is transferred and uh, and down to uh, kind of shipping materials so the best way to to ship uh, magazines and uh, for them to arrive in uh, as tip top condition as possible to I to love it yeah. proper magazine geek stuff yes, yes, the, yes, the, the, yeah. the most minute detail the, must the, be the, the, the wrapping the wrapping the bubble wrapping and everything and and for for instance for now um, an important point for, for, for me, for us, is uh, the um, uh, waterproofing of the um, um, shipment, so of the material, because in many Asian countries, of course, you have monsoon rain. Of course, also here in the UK, you have a lot of rain. But, <laughs> We're starting but, to get that, yeah, the monsoons. Yes, the monsoons coming <laughs> yeah. to the UK. So actually, I had, uh, personally, as a reader, before I had the experience of a couple of magazines arriving uh, uh, wettish, dumpish, and I think it's a really a big uh, letdown. And I'm sure also the publisher back then felt particularly sorry. So I, I'm looking at waterproofing. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. The, so everything we send on stack, actually, everything that goes outside Europe, uh, we put in a, a bag inside the envelope. Absolutely. Just for, Absolutely. for exactly that sort of reason. Absolutely, yes, yes. I think it's a very sensible thing to do. And uh, when, when everything goes, I mean, a reader's aspect, uh, 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 the same kind of uh, level of, of service in a sense that huge companies uh, that we don't need to, to name uh, come on say Amazon. Amazon we can just say Amazon <laughs> that small companies like Amazon uh, do and I think it's uh, uh, the same uh, fair uh, to expect a similar kind of, uh, kind of service in the sense because readers pay up front for the full amount and so uh, um, me and of course plenty of other publishers and also the stack uh, we do our best to to kind of get the magazines as best and as soon as possible to the hands of readers. Because of course with a print magazine the physical object is the thing, the, is, the object is so important but I'd say in the case of Nang that's mm-hmm. even more so because you go so far with these beautiful little design touches Maybe you could tell us a little bit about what's the thinking behind that. Why do you want to approach it in this way? Sure. The, as you as you mentioned, uh, not only it's a print magazine, it's a print-only magazine. But uh, since the beginning, a number of considerations went into into the the kind of as while building the whole uh, kind of project of Nang. Uh, design and the quality of the printing and the material was really much uh, at the core together with uh, the, the the writing and the images etc so I never considered them separately uh, I think uh, um, publishing is really kind of giving shape to things uh, um, with, as many other publishers would tell you and shape for me and for others of course is not only the shape of the text the shape of the, the direction of the issue but really also the shape of uh, uh, the object, the physical object itself. And so in the case of, of Nang, uh, I have the pleasure, as you know, to work with two Korean, uh, wonderful Korean designers, uh, Shin Heok and Shin Dong-yok. And uh, um, they uh, uh, were as passionate as me to try and grasp it also this opportunity to kind of uh, create um, a perfect combination, a magazine that uh, uh, aims at a very high quality writing and imagery and a very high quality materials and design and production specs in order to kind of achieve something that uh, uh, kind of uh, becomes a, a, a one in a sense becomes a whole and so also thanks to the collaboration of course with the Swedish team we can we can work uh, they are also very perfectionist and so the combination uh, I think worked well we do uh, lay flat binding as you know with double threads of different colors and actually the, the high production specs also allow to kind of 
build in more uh, uh, touches that either some readers uh, uh, will notice or will maybe notice in the future or, or don't notice, but for us are important. And so, as you know, also the, the laser cut on the, on the masthead, uh, which relates on the, with the name uh, Nang uh, in Thai, for us was really something important. So I really like okay, how well, that, yeah, yeah, So, yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. you're assuming knowledge here. So yes, I I'm know this. I, yes. I've interviewed you about this before, but this <laughs> is such a beautiful story. Yes. You've got to tell us it, it tell with, us properly. With pleasure, yes. Uh, uh, Nang is a Thai word uh, uh, um, and uh, uh, it actually means a number of things. It comes from a shadow theater, from priest cinema, and it actually mo- used to refer to the, sh- to the leather of the puppets. And then it, it, it traveled in, in time and it still refers in Thailand to kind of any performance that involves light and shadow and screen, and it became an informal term for cinema. So uh, when, when cinema first arrived in Thailand, it was called uh, the Western Nang, so the, the shadows from the West, for, given that uh, cinema originates from Europe, from France. Uh, and so I really liked how the world traveled uh, from pre-cinema to cinema, and uh, uh, together with uh, Shin Eok and Shin Dong Yok, we, uh, the, the, the masterstroke, in a sense, was to uh, play with this shadow and this, uh, also the illusion, in a sense, of light, shadow, and illusion. Uh, and this is achieved by uh, laser cutting uh, the masthead. So when the cover, the front cover is closed, you actually may uh, think it's not a laser cut. And when it actually opens, you can uh, play shadow theater with it. <laughs> you can literally see through the cover of yeah. the magazine. And so the, for this one, you have uh, themed it around scars and yeah. death. And the, the, the kind of color of the issue, I guess, is red. Yes. So very much in keeping with this idea, this yeah. very visceral yes. uh, blood kind of color. Um, and so when you look at the cover at the moment, it looks like everything's red, but then you open it and you see that the yes. masthead is cut out yes. and the, the rest of it is just printed. Yes. With that play of the, the colors and the, like, the shadow theater thing, are you trying to get people to think slightly differently about cinema. It seems that this is a, a magazine which considers cinema as art. You seem to be going to great lengths to do this. Yeah, I'm, uh, I, I hope, of course, that's uh, something I, I cannot uh, judge myself, uh, but I, I really hope uh, that, that that's the direction and that readers uh, will, will appreciate uh, this. The attempt indeed is, is to um, celebrate cinema in all its forms and uh, to be something uh, uh, I hope uh, to uh, a magazine to be kept so to be collected and um, given that each issue is uh, dedicated to a theme so it doesn't contain uh, up-to-date kind of topical necessary topical elements uh, like news or reports and at the beginning of the project uh, we kind of took out some of the elements of the, if you wish, the traditional film magazine templates or reviews or, or interviews about new releases or recommendations. So uh, given that each issue is dedicated to a theme uh, uh, that opened up uh, the, the, the each issue and the magazine to any possible direction, uh, because as you know, but maybe some of the listeners don't, each issue is dedicated to a theme, as I said, and plus is guest edited. So um, the combination of these two elements, uh, the people working on each issue change uh, drastically, both the guest editors and mostly also the contributors. So there's no regular collaborator. And this, uh, uh, in a sense, is um, every magazine is a collaborative project anyway. But uh, in, with this specific formula, in a sense, this is brought to the extreme in which uh, 
uh, each issue, uh, with each issue, the guest editors try to kind of create the ultimate film magazine in a way, uh, in a sense. And uh, so also because of that, uh, we, we are allowed to, and of course the independence of the project allows uh, to, to do this. Uh, scars and that is of course not the, the easiest and most uh, and most kind of um, popular necessarily, but uh, because of the project being independent and we don't uh, have a kind of, um, uh, uh, how can I say, uh, to pass through lots of uh, meetings or, or, or kind of um, debates, uh, once I found that the editors uh, were so committed and so interested, although at the beginning necessarily I was uh, uh, a bit worried about about having an issue on scars and that, uh, but I trusted them and I'm really happy that how it turned out. Because it, for, from reading the editor's letter, it sounds like the the theme of scars and death was that was proposed to you by these people yes. who were going to edit the magazine. Yes. So how did that whole process come about? Sure. Um, uh, it, it really, do, each issue is slightly different, but uh, for this issue, I approached uh, a Korean critic and academic uh, and uh, called Yu Eun Song. And uh, he uh, also then approached a, a Filipino filmmaker called John Torres. And uh, um, then we started discussing what could have been interesting to, to, to dedicate the, the team. They were interested in working on, on this and they felt really strongly, as I mentioned, about uh, um, death. And then from death we went to scars and death. To which, of course, I took some time to think, uh, uh, but I, as I said, I really felt, uh, also because in a sense, first, there's uh, almost nothing in a sense written about uh, it uh, as, as a theme. Of course, you have some elements, let alone on cinema in Asia, which of course is uh, the, the other main uh, pillar of the project. Uh, uh, so uh, why not? I mean, I, I really liked, it was, uh, in a sense, uh, kind of a challenge and uh, something uh, whereas issue one as uh, you or other listeners may remember was about screenwriting also a topic which is rarely covered with relation to Asian cinema but m in a sense more uh, uh, approachable let's say uh, this and uh, so uh, you could you could uh, um, think more of potential of potential directions uh, this was uh, more of a kind of leap and uh, but I really like that as well, and uh, and wh why not? That was. Uh, uh, and it's given um, some content in this issue, which I mean, it's a beautiful magazine, but there's some stuff in here that's quite hard to look at. The I mean, and I think that with a theme like scars and death, that's going to be unavoidable. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you're ducking it. Mm -hmm. But the the talk us through some of the stories that are, are in there. Sure. Uh, the, the, basically, the magazine is divided into two parts. Uh, one is related to uh, scars, uh, so the editors called it uh, Scar Chronicles. Uh, and uh, the second part is called Death, and uh, it deals with the stories of death uh, on and off screen. Um, the, yes, I, I, I would agree with you on some images, uh, potentially, which are uh, a bit strong, but I'm really happy with the fact that uh, the editors managed to avoid, in my view, uh, any kind of morbidness or any uh, kind of uh, even worse, any pleasure for, for 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 the tragic or anything. I think the direction they took was really uh, a one of, of uh, kind of poetic touch and a reflection, a more more deep reflection on this theme, which of course are fundamental themes which relate to every human life in a way or another, or every life in general. Um, 
the the um, it would be difficult for me to single out uh, would be a bit unfair to single out uh, a few pieces but i i will just mention that both the editors uh, um, uh, contributed also uh, a couple of pieces and uh, john torres uh, the filipino filmmaker went to the extreme length of sharing uh, with with the magazine and with the readers uh, his own actually medical examinations so perhaps uh, it's the very first magazine in the world <laughs> publishing the medical records of um, the editor but uh, if you read the piece is a very in- interesting and personal piece about uh, the actual uh, f- scars and uh, physical scars but also in a sense a mental scars that filmmaking can live on you and so I, I think of course it's very relevant otherwise it would have been completely out of place and uh, uh, Unsong in the part about death I really liked how he took uh, the recent death of an independent Korean filmmaker um, as a kind of starting point to then delve into uh, uh, the uh, independent cinema scene in the 70s and 80s in Korea uh, also something which is rarely covered and uh, the, the, what I was I'm really proud as a publisher about the, this issue is how it, it uses uh, how it, it kind of looks at scars and death through cinema but also the other way so it looks at cinema through scars and death and these are two kind of prisms that uh, are quite rarely looked at uh, let alone on, on Asian cinema so about that I'm really really happy and that, so it's only hearing you talking about it now yes that I'm realizing so there's the because you have the two types of paper in here so you yes. have the, the whitish paper yes. which I'm guessing is the scars section yes. and then you have the black paper yes. which is the death yes and it's just such a, a, a beautifully simple conceit but I, I guess maybe that's one of the things you were talking about before of like maybe a reader will realize this maybe they won't sure but you just know there's something in there absolutely the, and that's i think also part uh, uh, of the reason why the designers are brought in early uh, this is not a magazine that is prepared mm, where, and then everything is basically uh, almost ready and then okay now we need to, the, to do the design and the layout as you know very well uh, uh, the best results uh, happen when there is really a collaborative process uh, as much as possible and as early as possible so they were kept in the loop about the theme and for them it's a uh, uh, they're on board on each issue contrary to the guest editors so um, I'm really happy that they accepted the challenge in a sense to kind of keep some continuity but once again, they also have to shape uh, uh, from a, from a uh, design and layout and, and overall uh, look and feel. They have to shape each issue around the theme. So they came up with this, uh, I think, great idea of having a, a kind of... I like also, and dealing with cinema, I like how basically the magazine switches off the lights, in a sense, when it turns to black pages. Uh, uh, and uh, this is something that also in print, not only I think works very well, but... Um, uh, it's very very strong whereas if it's uh, say on screen on a, on a digital publication okay the screen now the, the screen is white and it turns black okay but then it, it, I think the result is very different and it works well I think also with the, with the kind of pieces that we, we put uh, here the the black part uh, uh, for instance uh, also there's, there's an, the ending piece is uh, something I'm very proud a legendary Filipino filmmaker Kidla Tahimik shared is now in the 70s and shared with us kind of his idea of the ultimate film so what's the ultimate film for him and so he kind of looks back at his career and, uh, uh, and did I make the ultimate film so that was also something quite moving I think piece and uh, let me mention about the epilogue which I think in this case uh, 
uh, is pretty special. So once again, Unsong and, and John, you Unsong and John Torres uh, gave it a go and they shared uh, images and, and the last sequences of from two specific films, one Korean film from the 50s and then a Filipino film. Um, and both films in very different ways deals with scars and death on screen, but also kind of from a spectral perspective. And uh, I couldn't think of a better way to, to end. Uh, so I'm, and and uh, if, if readers will then uh, get the magazine or buy the magazine, they will see we also try and play with different ways of presenting images. So uh, not the traditional way of kind of having, oh, we have a still here, we have an image here, but uh, we went to the extreme length of uh, having basically almost uh, each shot from an ending sequence. So it also becomes a, a different way of engaging with the moving image on paper. It literally looks like reels of film. Yes, 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 yes. Now, you, you talked about your role as a publisher earlier, and I, I want to come to this because I think yes. that people listening to this will be de- detecting that you're not from Korea. <laughs> no, yes. And I'm not from England either. You're from not from England UK. either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, go on. So, so, where are you from, and how do you end up making this, this magazine? Sure, I'm, I'm originally from Italy and uh, from Venice. I'm, my background is in cinema research and, and criticism, uh, uh, Asian cinema in particular. But then, uh, as I mentioned, as I like to call it, I got bitten by the publishing bug uh, a few years ago, actually in London. I used to live in London for a few years. And I really uh, uh, was really fascinated, fascinated by this rise of micro-publishing something that, as you know very well in the past, was almost impossible. Uh, printers would not print in, in very small print runs, uh, even not economically viable, and uh, the whole supply chain was extremely tightly structured, so uh, you cannot have something like a, a new stand with me as an independent publisher going to, the, going to a fulfillment company and talk to them. This needs to go through big distributors and then shops, etc. So the roles got interestingly blurred, and this opened up a lot of possibilities is for, for micro-publishing. So I then moved to Korea uh, to work uh, for a film festival as a publishing editor and uh, the, the bug got worse. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so I really thought, um, as I also mentioned a number of times, that uh, there was uh, not a cinema magazine uh, fully dedicated to Asian cinema, which I thought was a big pity because there's so much to, to explore, to discuss. Uh, and so something kind of in going in depth each time uh, um, uh, on different themes, aspects, filmmakers and films. And uh, um, so the, the, the kind of project started taking shape and uh, little by little as, as everything, uh, kind of, as I mentioned, not only publishing as a kind of giving shape to things, uh, the project. And publishing ultimately, I think, uh, um, is uh, publishers are good publishers should try to be catalyst for, for passion in a sense. So with this, uh, I really hope uh, that more and more people will will get interest towards Asian cinema. They will, it's, it's done mostly as a, as a kind of, I hope, as a platform for further discussion for both research, enjoyment. Uh, so as a number of kind of uh, um, goals that I wish it will it will achieve. So that's how uh, the, the whole the whole project came about. But mostly also thanks. Uh, the last thing I, I should add on this is of course thanks. Uh, inter- interestingly, as it of often been uh, discussed, 
it's a print-only publication, but like many other print-only publications, it would not exist without all the changes on the online world uh, and on the uh, uh, internet and social media, etc. So it uses a variety of very, very contemporary and latest tools to do something that wants to be kind of as permanent and as uh, long-lasting as possible. And this, of course, is also fascinating. And where are the readers primarily? Are they, are they in Asia or are they elsewhere? It's a, it's a mix, uh, so that I'm pleased. I'm pleased about uh, that the readership is quite uh, spread, widespread. The reason, of course, for English, uh, for the magazine to be in English language is uh, primarily for this, to be as accessible uh, for readers in Asia and beyond, and Europe, and, and the, for instance, the US or South America. Um, I would say the majority so far are in uh, Europe and in some parts of Asia. So I would say some East Asian countries and parts of Southeast Asia. And I'm pleased to report that in Thailand, uh, given that the, the name comes from uh, Thai word, uh, uh, many people like it. So that, of course, made me extremely happy. The, the support, um, it's, uh, it's uh, something, of course, that without which it would be no point to... But, but still it's issue too, uh, so uh, it, I like every project, let alone I think an independent publishing project, it's always a uh, uphill and uh, at, at the, in, in these early stages of course uh, discoverability is still an issue. Distribution surely is still an issue which uh, I'm finding more and more disappointing in a sense of, of uh, kind of I would say uh, the attitude of, of certain number of publishers toward the independent publishing. I think the, the, the balance of strength it's um, uh, it's uh, oh, sorry the balance of power is quite uneven and um, you mean between distributors, between and, distributors publishers? and publishers yes and uh, distributors sometimes putting what in my humble opinion are quite uh, I, I would say uh, unreasonable conditions uh, for especially for uh, small independent publishers so that I think is a it's a still a, whereas a lot of things have changed in the in the printing world and the possibility to micro publish etc there is still although there are independent distributors that uh, at the moment that is my my main kind of uh, challenge together with um, uh, sponsorship in the intermission which is another set of challenge but that's also uh, challenging uh, because of course uh, it's, a, it's a it's a small magazine and it's proudly small in the sense that uh, it, it uh, this this uh, kind of lightness uh, both in the team and uh, I mean in the team the team and in the people working on it allows to take different direction uh, but uh, of course uh, it's difficult to find uh, sponsors that um, can get the project and and uh, they wish to be on board and support it and they wish to kind of uh, combine their the brand with the Without without them, it's a challenge. So uh, that's something that uh, I'm working on. And in issue two, I was playful about it. I'm not sure if you remember. I put a scene missing a spread, and I surely need uh, to do more on on kind of working on this. I totally hope that will change. Uh, but uh, the shape shifting, in a sense, of each issue, it's also. Uh, uh, as of course trends but from a sponsorship perspective of course can create also a challenge because uh, that's why uh, uh, in a sense I think that the, the, the kind of the approach to sponsors is more challenging in this case uh, the, the shape shifting is something either you really uh, fall for and, and, and kind of get behind or given that most magazines have several parts which repeat periodically uh, maybe some sponsors may be more comfortable there but I far from giving up <laughs> and I should hope so I should hope so sure, sure. well listen it's a beautiful project and thank you very much for coming and talking about no, it no. thank you for having me and uh, always a pleasure and uh, thank you for listening <laughs>
Okay, that's it for this week. One of my favourite experiences reading magazines is when I spot a little detail that was left there by an editor or an art director and Nang does it really well. You probably heard during that conversation that the two different paper stocks they used in this issue of Nang to denote the two different sections literally only hit me while I was speaking to Davide. And I love that willingness for some things to just pass readers by so that when they are noticed, they're all the more charming and impactful. As you can probably tell, I really like Nang. So if all this has piqued your interest, check them out at nangmagazine.com or head down to your local magazine shop and see whether Davide's distributor is managing to get copies there. And remember that we have lots more conversations with magazine makers just waiting to be discovered. Search for Stack Magazines on SoundCloud or iTunes and you'll find all our previous episodes on there. Uh, Our episode with Rosa Park from Serial Magazine passed a thousand listens this week, which obviously made me very happy. So go and give that one a listen and set us on the path to that second thousand. Okay, that's enough from me. Thanks very much for listening and we'll be back again with another episode next week. Thank you.